Why is everyone so excited about Huberdo? Great player, but an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Kachuk was on the books for two years, wasn't he? So if you want to know what's a win, Kachuk didn't want to be here, so frankly unloading him for a bag of spoons would be a win if you don't want to be here. And Hubie does. I think they're pretty excited that Jonathan Huberto wants to be a Calgary Flame. The last two big-name guys didn't. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans in the USA. Welcome to the RP Show. It is uh, episode number 807 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We're coming to you live on the Game Plus television network. Available all through Alberta and BC on Telesoptic TV, channel 924. For the rest of you, check your local listings, but you found us. We're also live streaming on YouTube. You see the smiling gentleman to my left, your right, from Flames TV, Brendan Parker. And I feel like you're coming in hot. we got so many things to get to. Yeah. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? This Good. is, by the way, outstanding setup here at Grey Eagle. This Isn't is that fantastic. great? Yeah, first time seeing it. And uh, hello, everybody out there. <laughs> uh, it's awesome, though. Really well done. I appreciate you for that. I appreciate for saying that, and Gray Eagle for setting it up, yeah. and our staff. I've had people say it doesn't come across on TV how big it is, yeah. and I'm like, why? Well, I'm not the TV guy. You know me. I'm a, I'm a radio guy. That's right. This is all I worry about. Or you need some sort of panorama vision on the other side. Yeah, it's big. Everybody. It's yeah, big. Is, yeah. Here at Gray Eagle Stage Bar. So. How's your summer? Not, not much going on? Yeah, no, it's really straightforward. Yeah, it's boring. Away. Boring. Yeah. Flames TV host, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, uh, it's been eventful a couple of weeks. I mean, it was quiet after the season, as it always is. Watched the Stanley Cup finish up, and then uh, the offseason began, and the events started happening. I mean, the last week or two here has, uh, has been very eventful. And, um, you know, obviously there's been some changes, and, uh, and you know, and some, some big, big changes. Uh, I think it's always great when you see the uh, entire hockey world talking about your club and what's yeah. happened and hmm. kind of being right in the middle of it. And, I, you know, it, it's exciting. You know, I don't know that it went exactly how everybody, you know, thought it was. Or maybe some people did think it would go this way. But I think, you know, in getting a chance to talk to Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger yesterday, it kind of infuses a little bit of excitement. And I'm seeing it. My timeline's, like, filled with everybody. And there's some negative stuff in there, too, as we know. It's, it's still Twitter. but I know. But there's a lot of excitement. I think people are really genuinely curious to see how this looks on the ice. Well, that's I, to the rest of the country, I want to kind of give them the flavor of what it is going on here. And I don't know why I feel yeah. like I need to preface this, but Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there'll be far more CFL talk as we move towards week eight, but you're not yeah. averse to talking about that either. No, absolutely. But from the NHL landscape, like Mark Steven, the voice of the Stamps, yeah. lifelong Calgary broadcaster, sat in that chair and he goes, Calgary is the epicenter of NHL news right now. And I kind of got the sense that you guys aren't used to that being a thing. Yeah, not, not entirely. I mean, I think from a, from a Monday to Friday, when you look at it, just the standard stuff, I, I would say no. It's usually out east, right? It's the Montreal, it's the Torontos. And, you know, from a Canadian hockey standpoint, I think, you know, we still are in the, in the conversation. But in a week like this, it's more North America. I mean, I think everybody is looking at this deal, whether it's ESPN and see the attention down south of the border. Just even, uh, I mean, we did our media veils through Zoom calls and you see the type of media that was on there and there's some genuine curiosity but but to me it actually it's kind of carried over from the playoffs I think I think the Dallas series kind of caught a lot of people's of attention and then that battle of Alberta it, it the whole hockey world kind of focused on Calgary and Edmonton a little bit too so this has been now kind of a kind of a few months of that national and international spotlight and um, you know this is obviously for a different reason but it's been interesting to see some of the reactions some of the feedback and and just genuine excitement and and actually both players went out of their way to mention yesterday just how much they've received 
in terms of positive know, positive like flames fans or hockey fans reaching out you know and i'm sure there's some panthers fans who are you know sad to see their guys go and you've spent some time down there uh you know there's some some hardcore hockey fans um but but the flames fans have been reaching out they've been in droves trying to get it you know welcome these guys in i think that's kind of cool well the two teams that i watched the most live all year were the panthers and flames and i'll never yeah. forget in the bowels of fla live arena brandon yeah. comes around the corner and he's like, like Rod, yeah, <laughs> starting to get used to it now. Yeah, and then here in your home, um, I don't make those laps. They're far tighter here than <laughs> yeah, they are in Florida. Right. Yeah. Have you noticed? But yeah, you but talk, I've still seen you a couple times. Yeah, and, but yeah. talking about you and the Zoom calls, you did the one-on-one with Brad Tree Living the other day. Yeah, and I got to say, I've been around Brad, fairly physically imposing man. Yeah, big man. Yeah, right. I was watching the video with a friend on Saturday of his newser. Yeah, where he said, "I'm." pissed off yeah we dabbled in that yesterday i want your take on it he said there's some unfair shots been taken at this organization and at this city Mm -hmm. he's he's genuinely took that absolutely he was offended so what were those things i think we all saw them but what what specifically do you think he was upset you know i think the biggest thing is the fact that um you know and and part of this kind of started adam fox a little while ago there's a sensitivity to players departing cities and and you know, a lot of times it's not personal. It has nothing to do with Calgary specifically. And, and you've heard that from Matthew and Johnny, you know, since then. But but I think there's a sensitivity to the fact that when somebody leaves, it's it's a shot against, you know, Calgary. It's a shot against Canada. And, it, you know, and I think people take that really seriously. And I think part of it was, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we have heard since the trade and since, you know, Johnny signing in Columbus is just that. People saying that, uh, you know, this is about Canada, this is about Calgary. You know, they didn't want to be here. They never wanted to be here. And, and, and I don't think that that's, that's the case. I think that's too simplistic to say that. And obviously they have family reasons and there's other reasons for doing it. But, you know, that aside, I think it's more of the, the, the national attention that goes to, like, look at two American players leaving a, a, Calgary, a Canadian city. And I think that's where, well, that's where the genesis of that came from. And, and a lot of that is coming from social media. A lot of that's coming from those generic robots that are, you know, throwing out words on Twitter and things like that. And I don't know if there's, a, you know, if you should give it as much validity as we do. Um, but there is a sensitivity to it, and I think we see it, you know, in, in other, other Canadian cities. It's just that it's kind of our turn to be going through it. Maybe Brad and whoever else needs to take social media sensitivity training because I was shocked to hear him say the quote, I'm pissed off. Because in my thing is if I see something said about me and I know it's wrong, I dismiss it immediately. It doesn't yeah. bother me. And I'm just wondering if he was mad at what the fans were saying because the fans are going to be fans. They're going yeah, no, to let off steam. But there was some media that said... No, I think that's the, the media is probably where, where his is coming from. I'm talking more about you know, what we've been hearing and what we've seen you know, uh, from all sides of it. But I'm sure okay. what he's getting at is, is some, of the, uh, some of the comments that he's been seeing from media and some of the reaction to guys after the fact that... Uh, the, probably more so after Johnny left, and I'm sure he's seen a little bit of... But as you know, that, that, that address happened just shortly after the Kachuk, Kachuk trade. So it probably was a lot of it from you know the after effects of johnny going to columbus and just saying like okay listen this is not what this is about you know you don't know the inside of this and it's not about calgary um this is not about uh, you know us being a small market team or whatever it might have been but i think it, it came and stemmed more from his standpoint from from a lot of what international media was saying but i but i've seen it all over and you know you know social media obviously has been the biggest part where i've seen it so 
To our poll question today for Capital Auto Mall, Universal Collision Center, Capital with dealerships all across the prairies. Who will have more points this season? Gaudreau, Kachuk, or Huberto? And uh, I've said Matthew Kachuk. Serena, who you met, said Huberto. And Moose, you yeah. know Moose, he said Gaudreau. So right now there's no right answer. Um, yeah. How would you take us? What would be your answer on that? You know what? It's interesting because you immediately have to start to look at who's playing with who uh, and, and what those line combinations would look like. I mean, from a standpoint of, of Huberto, I mean, he played a lot, I think, last year. Uh, Bennett, he started, I think, with Bennett. Um, you, you could see some combinations where Kachuk's probably going to play with Barkov, which is pretty impressive. But I'd be curious here in Calgary, like Jonathan Huberto, I would assume, and, and most people probably would think this way, that he's probably going to start right there beside why Elias Lindholm, because yeah. why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. you could replace your top-line left winger with another top-line left winger, 115 points. So I, I could see, you know, now this is going to sound, but I, I could see Huberto because, you know, I think he's going to have guys who can score, and, and they, they both will. I think, I think Johnny maybe will be the one where it's hard to see 100% what that combination is going to look like in Columbus, and he's got Patrick Laine. We know he can score. Um, I'm going to, I'll lean Huberto. I'll lean Huberto, but I think all of them could be right in and around 100 points again, so well, it could be close, it's right? it's interesting how different of players they all are, but yeah, Huberto's are. going to be on the top power play unit here. Yeah. Chucky's going to be on the top power play unit in Florida. Yep. Johnny is in Columbus, and they're going to put Kachuk. I just think they're going to put Kachuk with whatever they deem the best players are or yep. whoever's playing the best at the time. Kachuk's going to be put on that line because they want to look like they won the trade because we haven't even talked sure. about that. Yep. The Flames are getting the avalanche of votes that they won this trade handily. And he's a huge piece of it. I mean, you yeah. heard Barry Zito talk yesterday the same thing. I mean, they want him to be a focal point in that franchise moving forward, right? A young player. They, they think that he's... Uh, a piece that they're missing so he's going to get every opportunity to be part of that but they have some interesting combinations the other thing is they got a brand new coach you know Paul Maurice goes in there so how does he see it how does he view it do you want to spread that offense out a little bit do you want to load up one line I I think I think that's kind of the curious part but um, you know you know here Elias Lindholm right now is your one center and and to me Jonathan Huberto is the perfect fit there on the left side so that seems like a duo that will go together and then we'll figure out who's going to be on the other side of it by the way in the way of a roadmap for the uh, next segment, we'll get into a little more of the CFL talk because it is July. And to be honest, now four years out of the CFL for me full-time, Brennan, yeah. I never paid attention to any of this stuff. You're like you with the Flames. Mm-hmm. I was in the tunnel of the Ryder Vision. Right? I didn't realize. And it, the game had changed from the 90s. We didn't talk about this off-season contract stuff and uh, arbitration and bridge yeah. deal. We didn't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't part of the year old enough to remember that. It's it not just, like it, it was happening, now. but yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't yeah. mainstream news. Yeah. And so we'll get into, like I said, the CFL stuff next week. Yes, thank you, Ryan, in New York, pointing out it's 11-11 Mountain. Thank you for pointing that out. And by the way, be cognizant of what you're thinking about at this time. John Chan says, go Jets. And the reason i swinging around to that direction is... Yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois signing his one-year right. deal here. Um, I don't even know the proper technolo- or, uh, phraseology. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer. Are you averse in all this stuff? I mean, I know... You, you know enough to, to be dangerous. I, I guess, yeah. It depends on the situation, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, so the one year is basically just to, you know, hold off here. You know? Right. Now, I don't even know what they call it, but the point is... The bridge um, deal? Well, he's, the, yeah, yeah, he's come out and said... 
I didn't ask for a trade. Yeah. And my agent saying I wanted to go to Montreal, that was overblown. And that's why I frankly get turned off this time of year because, as you know, in our business, it's a competitive business. Yeah. Everybody's looking for the likes and the retweets and the clicks and the this and the that. And it's – Moose said last hour he doesn't believe PLD in either case, that he didn't ask for a trade nor right. that his agent had it. I'd like to take things at face value, but what was your read on that situation? Yeah, hard to say. I mean, I, 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 all you could really do from my standpoint is believe sort of the intention of it. Um, you know, I think there's probably, you know, ideas in his head that maybe he there's a team he wants to play for down the road. But, you know, maybe he's given Winnipeg another opportunity here. And, and um, you know, if he's not interested in signing long term, I don't know that that necessarily means that he's looking for a trade either. So maybe it could be one or, you know, somewhere in the middle of that where, you know, you, you have kind of an idea of that at some point you'd like to play somewhere specifically or somewhere else. But you're not there yet. You obviously contractually aren't there yet. So this is kind of a, an in-between, right? It's, a, it's an opportunity to play, see where Make you're Make a at, lot of money. Make a lot of money. But then, you know, you still have some options moving forward. And I think it probably both can be true, right? Well, <clears throat> yes. And uh, Randy in Winnipeg says, I would like to think some American players like to play in Canada. Good place to raise your family. Yep. And you know your kids are safe in school. Um, for sure. And I guess that's, you know, he's a Saskatchewan guy. I'm a Saskatchewan guy. We're not there, right? We're pursuing our careers in other places. Is it overblown, this going home thing, or not? I mean, how much of that, it keeps yeah. going back to the Gaudreau-Kachuk thing, but how much of that had to do with going back to the state? It's interesting because I've thought about that a little bit recently. And, I, I mean, I, we have family. I have family there. My, all my family's there. And, and, you know, we go back every year. Um, you know, I don't know if we can compare provinces to states or provinces to countries, but well, I mean, I think they're similar. Home yeah. is home, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, you know, I'm close to home. I'm I'm a six-hour drive or whatever it is, so maybe that constitutes close. Johnny's going to be about the same, but mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it depends on the person. I mean, Johnny is really close with his family. That's important to him. He values that. They make you know, they made trips in often to come watch him play, and would you know travel all over the states when he was making road trips through there to go see him. And and he, you know. Some some people may put that as a higher value than 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 the you know the other parts, which is the team and the the locker room or whatever, and and maybe that's the case there. I mean, in terms of me, like you know, I haven't really thought about moving home. You know, in, in terms of going back to Saskatoon, you or, got a great gig. Yeah, you just you, you, this is where I work and this is where I live, and this has kind of become my home. My, my all three of my kids were born here. This is home. So yeah, you know, I, I guess it depends on how you view it, but you know, I look at like last summer we weren't talking about this this was not a conversation blake coleman a dallas you know just outside of dallas plano texas uh never really been to calgary other than to play here on quick stops chose this city and he chose it long term for him and his young kids and his family and he loves it so it depends on the person i like last year it was about an american choosing a calgary he was a big big uh, fish in the free agent market two-time stanley cup champion and it he, paid off yeah. and it paid off he chose calgary he was a nice fit here he loves it here you know um you know and he's going to spend the next few years here so uh, i think it's cyclical it's a recency bias because it's happened and it happened and rarely would it have happened with two 100 point players in the same offseason but that's why it's here well and we got 60 seconds and then we'll break and come back with football but watching the instagram lives and the comments with johnny and spitting chicklets and chuck this yeah. seems like it's very hard on them. Yeah. The reaction's been very hard on them. I think so. And I think because they did give everything to this city, they, they put everything in. They were, they were 
you know, all-star players for this team, for this franchise. So you could see why, even though it was a painstaking decision for both of them, which I completely do agree, and I, and I, you know, I know people are doubting that, you know, they'll say that he had already had his mind made up, and I, I'm, I'm, I don't believe that. Like, I, I do think that this was something he agonized over and had to make a really difficult decision on and eventually just decided to do what he did, which is his prerogative. It's his ability to do that. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it, it was tough on both of them because they gave a lot to the city, and yeah. But Flames fans are passionate, and exactly see yeah. it, right? What they think was going to happen. Yeah, right. All right. Well, this guy makes his living talking Flames. We're going to talk about everything else. When we come back and bring in the viewer comments as well, you're watching the RP Show live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino Stage Bar. We're live on Game Plus TV, also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Gorgeous day in the foothills, and we're at the gateway to the foothills. Sutina Nation, Great Eagle Resort, and Casino to check their summer and fall entertainment lineup, by the way, over here at the Event Center. Check out their website, greateagleresortandcasino.ca. I said I would turn it over to the viewers, and uh, we will, and a few other things than what Brendan Parker of Flames TV is used to reading. Brady in Saskatoon writes in, he says, Hey, Rod, I could see either Johnny Gaudreau or Huberto getting the most points this season. Both are on teams that are in need of support and star power. The Bombers versus Stampeders game this week is going to be great. From Grant in Kelowna, he says, Rod, the Riders need to get rid of Jason Maas. They put in a rookie quarterback and expect him to throw the ball every time they abandon the run. It was working earlier in the season. What do you think? What do I think? I think you moved to Kelowna but never left your Rider Nation thinking behind... And that's fine because somebody's got to be fired. Always. 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 Do you enjoy that? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I say. So, Brennan, there's how always many... somebody at fault, even when you're winning. Of somebody course. can't handle success. That's no. the definition of that's that. That's right. Um, how long were you at Global before Flames TV? I was at Global for eight years. Okay. Yeah. Covering the stamps, stamps and, and everything, Olympics. Yeah. So he's the host of Flames TV now. Now you got Nat- Natasha Stanishevsky moving in, but she made it very clear on this show she's Stamps TV first and Flames TV second. Yeah. So you guys kind of yeah. We what's the plan there? Yeah, she's. Or do she, you know the plan? I mean, we're just kind of. Uh, she's yeah. She's definitely she's covering off Stamps, and I think it's more so because of the way the schedules are set up. You just can't. Uh, you know, it's kind of all in, especially uh, last season with the way that the travel was set up. Uh, you know, for us, some of it with you know COVID related throughout most of the year but um you're all in for the hockey season and then you kind of try and get some of your downtime worked around the draft and off at free agency or trades like we saw so the way that the it's set up it's nice to balance it out so she's handling some of the stamps and then she'll come over after and um after the stamp season's over and do some flame stuff after that so I haven't forgotten about you, Grant. I appreciate you. You watch the show every day in Kelowna, B.C. on Game Plus Television, Channel 924 out there. But I don't think anybody needs to be fired. And of the long <laughs> list of problems the Rough Riders have, and let's be honest, they do. Yeah. Jason Moss is very low down if he's on the list at all. So the games this week are this. Thursday, Montreal at Hamilton. Friday, B.C. at Sask. 
Saturday, Winnipeg at Calgary, and, and Sunday, Ottawa, Toronto. And right. um, what's your take on the CFL, what's gone on so far? We're into this middle third. Mm-hmm. I've always broken the season down into third, so we're into the middle third. You kind of yeah. know what you have as a team by this point. Yeah, yeah. What do we have as a league? What do you think? Well, and I think you start to – I always see – you start to understand who your front runners are, who your teams are that, you know, it's not a fluke anymore. You know, you start to see some of the cream rise to the top. You know, I think uh, pleasantly, I, I don't know what to expect 100% from the Stamps this year. At least they didn't, you know, they brought back a lot of guys, a lot of, you know, veteran players, uh, guys who've made impacts before in the CFL. And I think we saw that early on. They've had two two bye weeks. I think they're just coming off their second bye week. So they're kind of at an interesting spot where they're, uh, you know, healthy at this point, but now have a long haul until kind of the, you know, final third of the season. So, um, you know, Winnipeg just continues to impress, though. Hey, like Ooh, they, not slowing down. No, they are, uh, they're a wagon right now. So I, I think, you know, it's interesting kind of – I've paid more attention to the West, and, and, you know, BC's impressed me this year, which I didn't necessarily expect. Um, but it still looks like it's kind of a Winnipeg-Calgary situation up at the top that, uh, that I'd expect to kind of play out the rest of the year. I will uh... – allow any and all comments that are coming in this probably shouldn't surprise any of us that they're relatable to hockey yeah uh right steven in warman you know where that is yeah he says the best way to enjoy riders slash cfl football is just enjoy the damn game (laughs) it's not life or death go elks he says i know jones We'll have tons of success. So we might. Yeah, yeah. We might. There's a lot of questions coming in for you on that. Okay. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says Ryder fans have been calling for Moz's job as of late. Well, of course, Cody Fajardo didn't play, so they can't bitch at him for a week. So it's got to be somebody else that needs to be fired. Yeah. Like, you understand, this is the view. It just is when you're looking at Mosaic oh, Stadium. I remember the Darian Durant years, which is you would know better than anybody, but. Like, no quarterback could do anything right. The guy that had a lot of success in Calgary, or in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, well, he had some in Calgary, too. Against Hall of Fame-worthy career. Hall, yeah. And and he would still take heat weekly. And I think I was back in Saskatchewan around those times. So, um, you can't win. You there, can't win. There was a hashtag, Darian's fault. I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> you're still a Ryder fan, right? You know what? Or are you swinging? I never really caught. I I pay attention. I wouldn't say I've I've. I think I eliminated my fandom early on in my career. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. I think I had to. I think I had to. I I I, I cheer for people more than I do uh, teams now. I you get to know people in this industry, and then you uh, cheer for the good people. You cheer for the good yeah. ones, and you cheer for their success. I think that's kind of how. That probably ended early on, I would say. Yeah. Well, what I into me. You're following what we do as, as I'm following what you do, and I'm I am a fan. I've gotten to be more of a fan, but maybe yeah, that's since that, I yeah. left the mainstream industry, and yeah. I can kind of do whatever I want. Yeah. So it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, and no yeah. team can get their hooks into me. Yeah. But before we get to the viewer questions, because this is the last segment with Brendan, um, we don't have time to get Bo Levi Mitchell on the air today. <laughs> Yeah, I can't fit them in. Last segment's full. (laughs) Well, he's been in the league since what? 2013? 2014? Is that when it was? It's almost 10 years. Yeah. So you would have covered him. I did, yeah. In fact, I remember uh, when he broke in, he came in uh, as a third-string quarterback, or he was fighting or vying for the third string. I think it was uh, Henry Burris must have been there and Drew Tate, and then there was this... 
young gunslinger, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. And I remember Grant Pollock, you know, Grant Pollock, well, like legendary local sports Pollock. legend yeah, sure. here in Calgary and uh, Alberta Sports Hall of Famer. Um, he, he told me this, and he'd go down to Stamps, and he was the best at finding these stories. And he would pick these stories out, and he would come up with things that nobody else was thinking about that day. That's one thing I always learned about him is you kind of find the story within the story and the people. But he came back from Stamps training camp one day and uh, had this great story about Bo Levi Mitchell. Like he, and he told me day number one that he met him, and I think it was in rookie camp. He hadn't even got to training camp yet. And he said, you watch for this, this Bo Levi Mitchell. This is the guy. You, you, you should hear this guy talk, and he, he's already talking like, like we and us and this, and, and he's talking like he's on the team. This is rookie camp, and he was blown away by Bo Levi Mitchell. And so Grant called it right from day number one that Bo, Bo was the guy, and then he's kind of ascended from there. I mean, I think, honestly, and, and some people probably in Saskatchewan and other parts of the CFL think there's probably a little bit of arrogance that comes with them or something like that. Or maybe probably. They, they, don't like, they don't like that about him, but that's what's given him – the ability to step into the league right from day number one and be the kind of guy that he is. So, um, yeah, I, re- I remember him him coming out for sure. Well, I don't know what to do. We're wrapping up our 17th week here. 17 weeks. Yep. It was originally supposed to be six. That's how well it's gone. Good for you guys. The, thank you, and thanks for people like you. But the welcome mat's been rolled out for Bo. <laughs> he has stomped his feet on it. Wiped his. He might have taken a leak on it. Uh, as a matter, can I say this? I don't think the stamps will care. We were at that charity golf tournament when our first week when we came back five yeah. weeks ago, and uh, we we're at Bears Paw. Yep. I don't know if you're a golfer or not, yep. but the, the people said Great they course. offered him an opportunity to come on the show, and he goes, "What show? Oh, the Rod Peterson show. <laughs> not an effing chance." And then later that night, at supper time, at the supper, yeah, he, uh, I, I was emceeing it. Can you believe they would give me a microphone in this town? I right. was emceeing the supper, yeah, and I singled him out on the mic, yeah. Uh, I said, "How about all these celebrities giving up their time to be here, especially Bo, who brought his team back from the biggest deficit in CFL history to win on Saturday, and he's a young dad, and he's given his day here. He doesn't have to do that." And of course, people started laughing. Oh, so you singled them out in a good way. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. And Praised they knew. Yeah. They knew. They knew. <laughs> right. And he turned as red as those chairs down there in this casino and just waved and didn't even... Yeah. He didn't know what to do either. Right. So I don't know if we're ever going to get over this, but you brought... Was it the Jimmy Kimmel thing? Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel had... Uh, and I don't know if he still does it, but he had a long time shtick where every, at the end of every show, he'd sign off and it would... He would throw out a, our, my apologies to Matt Damon. We couldn't squeeze him in tonight, or uh, <laughs> is there a we ran out of time. No, I think I think it's honestly it's just a beautiful shtick that they have, uh, and and Damon's fully into it, and they just have this rivalry. So I think that could be your rivalry, the Rod Peterson Show rivalry with and, Bo, with Bo, and uh, maybe he never comes on. Maybe maybe there's maybe there's a maybe there's a little carrot at the end of the rainbow where that one day and he finally says yes. And, uh, and then the magic happens. But until then, I think it's just this beautiful relationship that's harnessed. You got Bo, you got yeah, Rod. Man. And what is it? I don't know. And no time in the show. No, yeah, exactly. With Tacona Pauli in Winnipeg. Suck it up already, Bo. Come on. Uh, I, I do think it would make for a great, a great interview segment if and when it does happen. Maybe yeah. Natasha's your key there. Maybe you got to go through the, uh, the, conduit. the uh, conduit. From Jeff, and Jeff, the Stamps fan, in all seriousness, I don't understand why Bo won't come on. Right? I'm a good guy. 
I think he's a good guy. I think you both are great guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to the fans. History. History's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah right? People <laughs> need to get over stuff. You know anybody that can't get over stuff? Um, so these fans, where the heck? Ted and Red Deer, I think you get more mileage out of Bo not showing up, for sure, Ron. Yeah, I know, but if I'm going to do a show in this town, it would kind of be nice to at least be on speaking terms with a local pro quarterback. <laughs> Call me crazy. Where are all these questions for you? Uh, yeah, they, want, you got, guys? they want to know if the Flames will sign Nazem Kadri. That's a great question. Still a, probably not the, a chance, you know, from the audience out there already, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still out there, so I, obviously there's a chance. Uh, he hasn't found a home just yet. There's some, there's some money. I, listen, we just started a fight in the crowd. Uh, there is some. Uh, it's been quiet, and then all of a sudden you throw out a name, and whoa, suddenly we've got some feedback. Hey? Yeah. They don't, don't want him. Kadri, I mean, he's a Stanley Cup champion. This is an interesting name. Competitive guy. <laughs> Fan. Well, sorry about that. We've got to put Colorado a microphone down in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. we should have had a... Where do you think line. he would fit in? Yeah. Top line? Could he keep up with those guys? I think, you know, he'd, he'd be a great second-line center, I think, wherever he is. Because I think just the way he plays the game, um, you know, I think we saw it in Colorado. He was a perfect fit wherever he was in the lineup. And uh, who couldn't use a guy Well, like if you're going to skate with six skaters on the ice, plus your goal. <laughs> Anybody would fit in well. It's a discretionary call, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's at the yeah. discretion of the linesman. Uh, oh, I guess they also asked, will the Flames be adding more offense? Those could be hard questions to answer for you, I would think. Yeah, well, I think, uh, listen, it's like everything else this offseason, there was a pecking order of what had to be done because you can't really shape your roster until you know what salary at the top end that you were going to be dealing with. Johnny was number one. We had to find out what he was going to do because that money would obviously drastically affect the way you shape your roster so you know you have some of that money freed up obviously you make the kachuk trade you see the roster as constructed but you still have andrew manjapani who needs a raise as an rfa you still have oliver shillington who's an rfa you have to sign you have to make sure you have salary for those guys and then you can kind of look at i mean you have a you know brad's been doing this uh, you know throughout the entire offseason talking to their representation i'm sure they have a, a decent idea of where those numbers will come in but you know you have to you still have to make a make space for those and then try and shape whatever else you can do and i think you know i'm sure there's a few other things they're looking at he's always working he's always looking at those options and until those names are off the free agency board you know i'm sure that they're gonna continue to check on it and make sure that they're you know that those doors haven't closed completely but you know they'll be looking for big salaries too right i think we only got 30 seconds left how often do you interview daryl sutter one-on-one and how's that go for you it is uh this year it was a lot because uh we were on the road by ourselves so it was fairly often i mean sometimes we uh they're shorter than others but uh i got a good relationship with daryl and you know sometimes you just you just deal with what uh what it is sometimes he's not in the mood to give too much out about his lineup and you know it and you move on and we re-rack it the next day and it's good awesome stuff brendan enjoy the rest of your vacation thanks for having me coming down brendan parker flames tv we're going to vegas next jesse granger from the athletic las vegas going to talk some golden knights and maybe a little raiders too right after this timeout you're watching live from the gray eagle resort and casino in calgary calgary's entertainment destination on game plus tv youtube live and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts including amazon google apple stitcher and spotify have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now
RP Show continues live from Calgary. By the way, you can watch the NHL stars of tomorrow in best-on-best action at the 2022 Helinka Gretzky Cup in Red Deer, July 31st to August 6th. Purchase your tickets today at HockeyCanada.ca. And uh, Team Canada just announcing its roster Monday afternoon. You can check it out at HockeyCanada.ca. Uh, we're keeping the hockey talk rolling with Jesse Granger, the Athletic Las Vegas, joining us from Sin City. And before we go any further, Je- the newly engaged Jesse Granger. I follow your social media, dude. On the steps of the Bellagio, man, could you get any more dramatic? How'd that go down? Congratulations. And we don't have his audio. We'll get him to refresh. Hit refresh on that. And uh, it only takes a second. And while we do, I'll tell you those 12 WHL players that were named to Team Canada yesterday. Goalie Carson Bjarnason, Brandon Weekings, Goalie Scott Retzlaff, Seattle Thunderbirds, Goalie Jackson Unger of the Moose Shell Warriors. We got him yet, guys? You tell me when we do. Defense. Oh, one minute, Clark says. Uh, defenseman Tanner Molendike of the Saskatoon Blades. Defenseman Caden Price of the Kelowna Rockets. Defenseman Sage Weinstein of the Spokane Chiefs. Oh, we'll get to the forwards later. We got you now, Jesse. Anyways, sorry about that. Uh, so to the to the engagement and the proposal, take me through it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it was it was pretty exciting. It was uh, about as Vegas as I could make it. My fiance is born and raised here in Vegas. Uh, not many people in Vegas are born and raised here, so it was really cool to. Uh, I guess do it in front of the Bellagio. Um, that's about as iconic of a place in Vegas as I could possibly think of. So that was kind of the thinking behind it. I couldn't be happier. Well, that or center ice at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, I joke, of course. Congratulations, Jesse, and good for you. But on the Golden Knights, my favorite team, missing the playoffs, not going over well. Uh, obviously, ask Peter DeBoer. How, uh, take me through the offseason there, everything that's gone down, and the new head coach and so forth. Yeah, it's been another uh, big-time shakeup in this organization. It seems like this happens every summer. Uh, even when they were winning, it seemed like they had big shakeups. Obviously, the biggest move is Pete DeBoer out as head coach, and they hire Bruce Cassidy. He's going to come in and, in my opinion, do things quite a bit differently. I think he's going to run more of a zone defense, which is going to change the way they defend quite a bit. And then you you obviously trade away Max Pacioretty, who has been this team's best goal scorer for the last three seasons. And And to be honest, it's not even particularly close. Um, he, you look at goals per 60 minutes while on the ice, Max Pacioretty is leagues above anyone else on this team. So that's a a pretty big change. They're going to be looking to fill that production via committee. Um, it's not like they brought anyone that's really going to try to try to fill that. They're going to hope that the the bottom six guys can kind of pitch in. This team is just in really, really bad cap shape. Um, they've, they've made some great trades. I do think the trade for Eichel, I still think it was a good trade. I think the value was good, but with those trades, they've gotten themselves into cap trouble. And this, this off season was about subtracting. They knew they were going to have to subtract. They were over the cap and they were just trying to subtract in a way that would hurt the team the least. I don't know if they did that by trading Max Patch ready. We're going to find out this season. Well, uh, take me through that. If you don't mind, I'm sitting here in an NHL market. So they talk about every team and they talk about the golden Knights a lot because they're in the same division and they, what comes up all the time is the cap mismanagement. How did it happen? How did they get over and into this crisis? Yeah, I mean, it's just they they traded for Jack Eichel when they were already over the salary cap. 
Um, they, going into last season, Alex Tuck had to be placed on LTIR because he had shoulder surgery. So they were a good four or five million dollars over the cap at that point um, with everyone healthy. They were already going to have to trade some salary. And then they went and traded for Jack Eichel and his $10 million cap hit. So last season, they were playing basically $12 million over the cap. Now, they were never actually over the cap because they always had players on LTIR, whether it was Eichel or Mark Stone or Riley Smith. Um, they always had several guys on LTIR to keep them cap compliant, but they knew that this offseason, everyone was going to eventually get healthy. They had a few months off, and they were going to have to trade away quite a bit of salary. So... Uh, Max Patch ready made seven million. He was the odd man out. They ended up going with him. I think that's, I think that's largely because of his injuries. Um, he has not been able to stay healthy the last couple seasons. He's missed playoff games. He's missed long stretches, and just it seems like every time he gets back on the ice from an injury, he was he was back dealing with something else. So I think that really led into to them deciding that he was the guy that had to go. Despite, like I said, he's the best goal scorer on this team, and it is not going to be easy to fill that production. So I watched the Golden Knights when they came through Calgary, and they won 5 or 6-1. They had their way with a very good Calgary team, and Eichel played. It was actually one of the few nights all year they had a full deck, Jesse. Um, but it's not the same team coming back. Do they, how many games do they think they could get out of Eichel this year? It was 82 a stretch? Well, I mean, things are going to happen. It's hockey, right? So I think expecting 82 games out of anyone is is probably not realistic. You're going to have an injury here or there. I mean, even even in his shortened year last year with the Golden Knights, he broke his thumb at one point. He didn't miss any games for it. He played through it. He couldn't take faceoffs for a long stretch. But um, I don't. I wouldn't expect 82. But they do expect a 100% Jack Eichel. Um, he the neck gave him absolutely no issues. That was obviously the big concern. He had a neck surgery that no NHL player had ever had, and and he came back and he was. He wasn't shying away from contact. If anything, he was actually a little more physical than I expected him to be. And he he has said from the very beginning, the neck has not bothered him one iota. So if he gets hurt next year, you never know. You could block a shot with your foot. You, there, there are so many things that can happen, but I don't expect the neck to bother him. And I expect him to be better just because he has an off season with this team. He's, he's finally getting to know some of the guys. I mean, he came in the middle of the year. It's the first time he's ever played on a new team in his whole career. Um, first time in a new system and all the good players were hurt. I and mean, he was playing with third line guys and, and there were AHL guys in the lineup because there were so many injuries for the golden Knights. So um, this summer has been big. I know Jack has been working out a ton. I know he's getting to know all the players. I expect a big season from Jack Eichel, um, whether that translates, because I think this team's top end talent is really, really high. I, I don't know if it's going to be good enough the depth wise to, to, to be as good of a team as they want to be, but I, I don't have any um, worries about Jack Eichel being an elite player for the Golden Knights this year. Hey, and lastly, at one time, you were covering the Raiders a bit for the Athletic. I don't know if you still are or not, but you know, one question that comes up here in Calgary quite a bit is, how much of a bite into the Golden Knights have the Raiders made because they had a head start in the market? How would you answer that? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm kind of surprised at how little of the bite they've taken, I guess. Um, this is a football and basketball town, Vegas. Um, they, everyone here is a huge football fan way before the Raiders ever got here. Um, there weren't a lot of hockey fans. There were hockey fans, but just not as many. You'd think NFL would do better, but because the Golden Knights were first, because they created a really special bond with this city, um, unfortunately, through that October 1 shooting early on in their existence, I think that really strengthened the bond between that team and this city. Obviously, going to the Stanley Cup final and, and the success that they've had certainly helps also, but... 
I also think part of it that, that I maybe maybe something that I overlooked going in an aspect is because people were football fans, they all have favorite football teams, um, pretty much everyone, and they have strong allegiances. So you're going to have to break those allegiances to get them to become Raiders fans. And because the Raiders haven't been amazing out of the gates, they've been solid. They went to the playoffs, but because they haven't been amazing, I think it's harder to to get people to give up those strong allegiances to their former NFL teams. Whereas Hockey, there were a lot of people here that, that even if they watched hockey, they didn't have a diehard allegiance to their NHL team. So you get a local team, the Golden Knights. Also, the fact that they're a new team and not a team that moved here, I think, helps. And it was a lot easier to get those allegiances. So I think um, the Raiders are great for Vegas. They bring a ton of people here every week. Everyone loves to come watch their team play the Raiders in Vegas. That stadium is absolutely spectacular. I've been for a, a few NFL games. I've been to a soccer game out there. It is an epic building. But in terms of them hurting the Golden Knights, that hasn't happened at all. Now, if Vegas goes, if the Golden Knights go through some lean years, maybe they miss the playoffs four or five years in a row, then maybe we could see that. But for now, um, it's, it seems this this city can't get enough sports. I mean, you've, you've got the Raiders and the Golden Knights. They're selling out every single game. You've got some minor league teams. Uh, they have a WNBA team, and they're already – I mean, they're trying to get a baseball team and an NBA team as well. It seems right now Vegas is is kind of the sports hotspot, and they can't add enough sports here. Yeah, absolutely. good to hear. Good for a guy like you. Jesse, uh, enjoy your work. Uh, I really do. Congratulations again on the uh, engagement. Enjoy the rest of the summer, and maybe we can do it in the fall. Thanks so much for having me. From the Athletic Las Vegas, can we call him our Golden Knights insider, Jesse Granger. We'll be back with overtime right after this one final segment from Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. You're watching on Game Plus TV and also live streaming on YouTube, 24-hour sports radio, streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Hello, everybody. One last time. It is overtime from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino, brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the CFL. Breaking news. Breaking news out of Vancouver. This comes via my Sportsnet app. Jury finds former Canucks forward Jake Vertanen not guilty of sexual assault. That has come down this morning. Jake Vertanen formerly the Vancouver Canucks, and the Calgary Hitmen, found not guilty of sexual assault. The uh, trial was ongoing this week. Our breaking news, of course, brought to you by Ballers Rec Room, your official home of Slow Pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday for the Tab Brewhouse and drive Through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Serena Taylor's joined us back here, our uh, hockey analyst introduced to the viewers here today. But you have some baseball breaking news today that I'm not exactly uh, as following as close as you. So I, I don't know if it's breaking news. Lay it on us. Okay. I, I think it was posted actually yesterday, but I just saw it today. Apparently, they're going to let Pete Rose back on the field in Philadelphia. For the first time, Pete Rose hasn't been on the field since he was suspended, and they're going to let him back on when they introduce the 1980 Phillies championship Which team. they should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. That's That was probably the first, let's be honest, that was probably the first controversial Thing. Scandal, yeah, in professional yeah. sports, but I mean, he's got over forty-two hundred hits. How can you? How can you argue with that? Certainly, one of the biggest for sure. Yeah. And and we do this uh, viewer takeover. Uh, we turn it over to the viewers, of course. That's what it says. And Ryan watching in Saratoga, New York, regarding Las Vegas and hockey and NHL. 
Ryan says, a winter classic at Allegiant Stadium would be something. You folks got to help me out. You people that know better than me. Maybe those in Las Vegas. I don't think you can. It's, a, in, it's not a retractable roof, is it? You couldn't put an ice plant up in an enclosed football stadium, could you? I, no. Well, I guess you could, but Why? I think it's just, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just more that it's that that outdoor game and that all that kind of stuff has turned into a spectacle more than it's turned into something. The first one was, you know, in Edmonton between Montreal and the Oilers, and that was a lot different. Now it's in California and they blew it up at Lake Tahoe, which was a for all intents and purposes, a disaster as far as the ice is concerned. But I see what he's saying. You know, it's a big, it's a big to do everywhere. Would help. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, here's one. Don Mitchell, our Navy friend. This was for when Brendan Parker was here. He's now gone from Flames TV. But Don said, will Calgary ever get a new arena slash stadium? And I'm going to tell you, 17 weeks here, she just showed up. But how many times have you heard it since you showed up? Uh, enough <laughs> enough times i understand you know it's like driving by mcmahon stadium yesterday it's the same argument but where does the money come from i mean it's a whole nother it's a whole nother conversation that i have no idea so i can't really voice my opinion i don't really know but <laughs> smarter people than all of us in this conversation don't even have the answer and i know don's rhetorically saying are they ever going to get one but, I mean, I was here in the heyday going to college. They were blowing their nose with money and cash, oil money and everything else. And now they're not. Yeah. And it's coming back. But I, I'm sitting there going, what did you do with all that money? We should have felt, I mean, the saddle didn't need to be replaced in the 90s. I get it. But it's a pinch that, quite frankly, I'm not a complainer at all. And I don't like to talk about negative things. And this is a negative thing. It's... It's, it's a solid argument, though. I ah. mean, I understand completely, but I don't think really anybody deals with the, with the rink itself more than the people who actually work there. The fans go in for a few hours, watch a game. We'll think about the people that work there. As we've heard a lot of stories in the past, different rinks all over the place. Even in Florida, where the rat thing came in. <laughs> it just happens. It just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just happens. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan writes in and he says, you guys do know talks are on again for a new arena deal. Yeah, talks. You should have met my dad, Jeff. She did. My dad used to say, some people are talkers and some people are doers. Yeah, it doesn't really affect this show You can talk way. about it all you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until I see a shovel in the ground. And I know that they were close. This isn't a criticism of anybody. The question is, and it dep- I talk to everybody. Since I've been here, I've been hanging out with the hockey people, the football people, the rodeo people, the broadcasting people, all the same people I hang out with in Saskatchewan, but just here. And you get all the different opinions. Some, some say we will get an arena in my life, their lifetime. Some say they won't. Point is, nobody knows. The point is, I think you just labeled yourself because I don't think you have any other friends other than hockey, football, and rodeo people. There are other people than that? Not in Saskatchewan. Not that I want to talk to. I'm not interested in talking to anybody else other than that. Uh, By the way, you had some thoughts on the Bill Lindsay comments 
out of Florida on Matthew I think Kachuk. he was, uh, he's trying to sell his product. You know, he went there. He, ca- he said when he first went there, it was hockey crazy. Being hockey crazy inside the rink and outside the rink are two completely different things. And I understand his point. He's like, well, there's going to be people in the stands. There are. But once you get outside those doors, it's just a different environment than here. And, you know, as Kachuk being American, it's different for him. Losing two Americans and gaining two Canadians, I think, is going to help help the Calgary Flames. Tacona in Winnipeg. We had a doer as Premier of Manitoba. He was only a talker. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. We might that have to give him a Taco Time gift card. John in Edmonton says, I believe Calgary is getting a new arena when construction starts. I think he's saying, I'll believe it. You remind me of my Pats fan friend, Gordy Fisher, who said, if the Pats won the Memorial Cup... They're going all the way. (laughs) All right. Thanks to Serena. Thanks to Bill Lindsay, Brendan Parker, Jesse Granger, and the Moose. It's been a great day. We will see you all tomorrow, noon Eastern, here on Game Plus. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Right on. So, done deal. Hell yes. Bingo.